0: Welcome back to Ultra Chill and welcome to season three. Last week, we talked with Omar, the head of PokéStarter Gaming, about the new partnership between them and Ultra. Today, we are going to dig deep and learn about funding on PokéStarter Gaming and what makes for a successful IDO and game. So, let's get to it. start Starter Gaming and its frankly amazing community has at this time of recording funded, like we said before, well over 100 projects um, with more than 35,000 users participating in those IDO rounds, which is, that's, that's a crazy amount of people to be participating in IDO rounds. The total capital raised by you guys is over 50 million bucks. It's quite the achievement. And I'm curious about whether your internal expectations have been met.
1: Oof. Um, (laughs) I mean, I think the market is up and down. Uh, Today, at the time of recording this, it's not necessarily the hottest market for IDOs, and we completely understand that. I think launchpads are seasonal. I think when everything is green, everyone loves launchpads because it gives you the potential of that, you know, 10, 20, 30x, and everyone kind of craves that. Um, And then other times, like, tokens are not really moving, and so a launchpad IDO maybe does like a 2x and all of a sudden people are like, ah, that's lame. Um, but I think in general, if we kind of just look at the core values of, of why we do what we do, um, Pokestarter itself as a launchpad it's essentially, we don't even like calling it a launchpad to be honest, um, I'm just using that word now because we're having this conversation and you brought it up, but we think about it as just Web3 fundraising, like it's a Web3 fundraising platform. We, we think about it in the most decentralized way, um, all the contracts, the entire process, even like the selection process. It's not like there's one person that says yes or no. There's multiple rounds of due diligence, once we also say yes to something um it still has to go through the council which is then kind of different people from you know the web 3 space from across different you know recognizable uh, names and brands that then come to the conclusion of whether or not your project should actually go ahead so it's a super decentralized process and um i think it's something that needs to exist just because you think of like even traditional uh business um you know if you're building a startup or whatever you're always constantly looking for ways to raise funds and you know what's the ideal scenario is like you go to kickstarter and you do a campaign and it raises a lot of money and then you can kind of just you know build from there rather than having to um you know rely on vcs and and have them kind of watching every twist and turn and, and all of that so i think yeah it's something that's super essential in the space and we believe in allowing more and more projects to get access to the to the fundraising side of the equation and, and obviously we also really really care about the community and so um for us the fact that we do all this due diligence stuff the fact that we say no to a lot of projects that maybe other platforms or other partners might say yes to is because we're always constantly trying to protect um, our community. So I think it is definitely a a milestone. Um, I think we're just getting started. I think once the market is back up, um, you'll see a lot more interest as well in uh, Web3 fundraising platforms like ourselves. But to go back to your question, sorry, I went on a tangent there um i think yes and no so it really depends it's it's a project by project basis a lot of projects have delivered i think uh tremendously i think you know they've they've made the most out of the funds they've gotten super far with other projects i mean i I still think all the teams we chose to accept um are really strong teams i think the projects and the visions that they had originally are still you know super aligned with what we believe in But I guess it's really just different challenges and different approaches and how you decided to spend the funding before the market went down and things like that um, that are either now putting you in a stage where you're doing really well um, and you're super comfortable and you can't wait for the market to come back up so – people can start talking about how you're like one of the OGs um, or you're not doing so well because maybe you spent a bit too much on something that you shouldn't have spent on. Um, But I mean, you're not really doing that terrible. And so you're just kind of chilling there um, waiting for, for the market to pick back up so you can get more momentum. But I think in terms of like how fast it's grown um, in terms of like the scale, in terms of the number of applications we get daily, in terms of like, you know, we, we've launched a hundred plus projects, but we've, received thousands and thousands of applications we continue to receive you know maybe five ten daily uh even while the market is is not moving we um contrary to our belief as well internally at the time uh we still did uh you know an IDO during this market. We actually did two. We also did uh, an NFT sale. So it's it's really interesting to see. But for us, it's more about just being there for the projects and the entire space. Like if we believe in something and we think you should get access to funding, we'll directly talk to the community and say, hey, here's reason one, two, three, four, five, why we think we should help this project raise funds. And then the community decides with you know their own money, right? It's not like we're lending you out our money or something like that it's the community essentially deciding well okay yeah this project deserves my dollar um let me give it to them
0: i I wanted to take a few minutes of your time to talk about the stuff that may be relevant for anyone who's listening who may want to use poker starter gaming to fund a game and kind of they've always dreamed of creating it uh but they didn't you know know what what the process was or how it's supposed to work maybe let's start with uh what makes for a successfully funded game
1: let me let me take a step back. So, first, there's Pokestarter Gaming and then Pokestarter, right? So, essentially, um, if you're trying to just essentially raise funds through a token sale or an NFT sale or anything like that, you'd go directly through the Pokestarter channel. Um, it's a simple online application. You have to fill, you know, some some forms and things like that, update your information, put your pitch deck, team data, etc., etc., etc. And then you go through the due diligence process. What we typically ask about, and I think that's what's most relevant to your uh, question, is pretty simple and straightforward there's always obviously uh, a a large focus on the team the background the experience but then obviously it's the plans the business plan the financial plans your projections how are you going to raise the you know the funds is it you know multiple launch pads is it directly through vcs are you doing a mixture of both do you have any you know nft sales plan down the line what's your execution plan what's your go-to-market plan um and then if it's a game specifically that's where we kind of like step in in a in a you know gaming focus capacity where if it's a game like we're going to play it until we find every single glitch and bug and break and so it's really about you know how much time and effort and thought are you putting into your game and it's just really about trying to find projects that are that have fun um you know core loops that have fun um games that you know have offer you tons of free playability so that it's not just like a oh this game will last like a week or two it's it's a game that you'll constantly keep coming back to uh but it's also like sound on the business side you know like it it still has to be a business it still has to be uh, a fully functional you know game studio game developer publishing studio whatever it is and so we look at you know really different parts of the equation it's really interesting to me though because i feel like the fact that we are um you know, a portion of the team is is gamer first. Uh, when, when a game comes to us and it's like, oh, we launched this on Steam and it did really well, the first thing we'll do, which is, you know, surprisingly, not what everyone does in the space, the first thing we'll do is we'll open Steam and then we'll look at the reviews and we'll find out why people love your game or why people hate your game. And then when we get on a call we're gonna ask you those same questions that people are asking you in the comments. If someone's saying, oh, you abandoned this game, you haven't updated it in, in two years, blah, 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 like we're gonna ask, hey, why'd you stop updating the game? Like why has it been two years? If someone's saying like, oh, this is the best game ever, you know, we can't wait, blah, 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 we'll be like, oh yeah, you know, your community seems to really like the game. Let's talk a bit more, et cetera, et cetera. So we really take um a super um, I guess, laser focused approach to all the different areas of what you're trying to build, whether it's a game, if you've got a community already, if you've been cultivating one, like even like, you know, it's so funny. You probably, you probably see the same on your side. Like when games come to you and they're like, we have 200,000 followers on Twitter. It's like, okay, cool. So the first thing you do is you open Twitter and then you go to like the recent tweet and then you look at how many likes, comments, retweets. And then if it's got tons of comments, you go to the comments and then you start looking like, is it just bots replying with random links? Um, Is it actual people engaging? Um, and then that kind of starts the conversation or it gives you, you know, almost like a, a different bias. Right. So I, I love when people say, oh, we've got a huge community and then their socials are either dead or f- filled with bots. And it's like yeah, nothing to be proud of. Let's, let's focus on what really matters. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's what it really takes. It just takes a bit of integrity. Um, I, I wouldn't say like it's not about I swear it's not really about having the largest community in the space. Like that's where we'll help. Like we'll we'll give you access to our you know, discord community will give you access to thousands and thousands of players and and gamers in the space, but it's, it's always a plus, but it's not the most essential thing. What's really essential is that you're building something that you believe in. You're building a game. That's going to be super fun, high quality. Um, You are making good business decisions when it comes to spending your money um, and the partners you're working with. And you as a team, can actually deliver. Like it's it's super simple when you break it down to that. But the reason why I took a step back and in the beginning of the question I said let's talk about you know both sides of the equation is you could also still work with started Gaming without directly working with the Launchpad side of the equation, so you don't have to actually use the fundraising platform to work with us. And so that's a bit of a different capacity, but we've we've partnered up with so many games in different ways, right? So um, uh, it almost sounds like I'm starting to give shoutouts. My Pet Hooligan is a really fun, interesting game. Um, at least at the moment where, where we see it. And what we decided to do with them is just like partner up on a community side. And we said, Hey, like give us early access to your game and we'll get you like tons of players to come in. And they said, yeah, sure. You know, hundred percent, let's do it. Um, and so the partnership kind of almost culminates in this, uh, beautiful hoodie that you get when you play the game that has the PokéStarter gaming, uh, logo on the back. So anyone that plays from PokéStarter gaming side has that same hoodie. And so you can kind of like very easily recognize who's from the community and so on in, in their open world, um, in other capacities, like I mentioned, uh, in our chat earlier with under the blocks, we sponsored a $10,000 prize pool, which was, you know, one of their first partner, uh, prize pool tournaments that went really well. I think at the time it was a 48 hour tournament, 1,600 players showed up something ridiculous, like 11 million zombies killed or something. Um, and on average 3.5 hours uh, per gamer um and i think that's that's a milestone when it comes to web three games at the at the moment and so that then propelled them to now i think a month later they they are hitting almost i think they cracked four thousand actually yeah they cracked four thousand players in the last tournament and they're booked all of september with weekend tournaments and so um we really work with different capacities with different games i could go on forever um on how but essentially it's really just a point of making contact and realizing like, oh, okay. You know, we, we struggle with this one thing, like, let us know if you can help. Sometimes it's like us just making an intro into a partner. Sometimes it's like us making an intro into a chain. Like maybe someone's struggling with, you know, the, the team uh, on the chain they're developing on. Maybe someone's trying to, you know, raise funds from the chain that they're developing on, but they can't seem to find the right person. And so us as like a trusted partner, we can come in and say like, Hey guys, you know, there's this project in your ecosystem, you should probably, you know, give it a closer look and we get that conversation going. So different capacities. Um, I don't want to bore you going on for too long, but uh, different ways you could work with us. And and that's what we typically look at um, in some of these projects.
0: I guess I asked kind of like the positive side of that question, and I want to ask the negative side of that question. So there's the successfully funded games, and after they're successfully funded, where do you generally see projects drop the ball. I think actually community is a really interesting uh, facet of that, but there's definitely other places that uh, games or game studios or publishers or developers, uh, they lack in specific experience. And I'm curious about your thoughts about that.
1: 100% community is is, um, a part where people drop the ball typically because I feel like the further away you go from your community, the further you are from actually achieving your goal. Like if the beauty of Web3 Games is that you can actually build with the community, that you can actually, like, it's so decentralized. Um, I mean, there there is still a sense of politics to it, but it's not the same as, like, like you would never even consider talking to someone senior in Activision, right, or, or in Sony or whatever. But, like, with Web3 Games, you're literally a tweet away from the ceo of whatever game you're playing um you're one tweet away from them actually seeing your opinion and so i feel like with with web 3 game publishers and studios like if you start ignoring your community it's a recipe for disaster where let's say the community is asking for multiplayer mode every single you know day and then you're just constantly coming out with random stuff like staking and yield farming and like DeFi stuff that the community doesn't care about maybe you're investors care about it right like maybe your partners are pushing you to do this stuff but in the end of the day it's like they're not the ones playing your game they might acquire assets in your game i think this is a this is a hot take on on guilds as well um because obviously you know our community essentially is called book Started gaming Guild, but it doesn't really function in in the typical guild fashion which i think um not everyone but i think a lot of guilds are very very predatory Right. Like their whole business model is designed to extract value from you as a game. And so if you start only listening to these kind of partners and you start ignoring um, your community, I think that's such an easy recipe for disaster. I've seen it so many times, unfortunately, in the space where like a game will, will be off to a good start. A lot of, you know, good hype, blah, blah, blah. They actually raise funding and then they start building the most random stuff. And you can see it because you don't even have to know the, the, the game or the project really well. You just go to the comments. And I've, I've even seen games like turn comments off. I've seen games like, you know, ignore replies. Like if if I'm building a game and one of the 2,000 players in my space, like you should, you should cherish every single player that you have in this space because it's so tiny, right? But imagine like one of the 2,000 is saying, hey, dude, I don't think, you know, that one thing you guys did is super cool. I actually think you should consider doing that instead. The least you could do is at least acknowledge that comment, you know? Like, you don't have to do anything about it. But it's like, you know, thank you for the feedback. And I see that with, like, the really successful games. Like, I, again, I don't want to be shilling anyone. And, you know, there's no interest whatsoever. We're partners with all the games that we work with. But essentially, like, on the blocks, I think if you go into the Discord and you say, like, this mode sucks, or like, oh, I wish you, you did... Um, this gun instead of the mp5 or whatever like grant the ceo will directly respond to you and say like thank you for the feedback we'll take it into consideration highly appreciate it um and you know we we really take your feedback very very seriously i think that's the beauty of web3 where it's so decentralized and you're so close to all of these uh developers and studios but yeah, i mean community is definitely a, a, a part of it um another is i guess funding it's almost like a blessing and a curse um i feel like in general, startups and companies and, and projects um, that raise a lot of money tend to spend a lot of money because they've raised that money. Um, whereas projects that are more bootstrapped and self-funded and you know with just like a few VCs on board, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, tend to like manage their money a lot better um, because they know the value of each dollar. And so that's another you know area that we've seen where like games will splurge, like they'll they'll spend so much money on random stuff um maybe not random but like they'll overspend right because like they've got the capital now they can do whatever they want um and then the market goes down all of a sudden when no one's expecting it when everyone's you know feeling like they're on a high horse and you're like oh okay maybe I shouldn't have spent that much doing this one silly thing um so I guess managing funds is another area as well um and then the last thing I would probably mention is just like staying true to yourself and and why you started what you're doing um I hate it when I mean I'm, I'm sure you can relate it's like I always think of it as think of traditional game studios. Like imagine if you woke up one day and (laughs) I might be, okay, maybe I shouldn't say this. I was gonna, I was gonna roast one of my favorite games of all time. Um, It's almost like Assassin's Creed, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever played Assassin's Creed Rami.
0: Many, many hours, many, many hours.
1: There you go. The original Assassin's Creed games, right? Like Altair, Ezio, like the, the, the first, maybe three, four or five games, beautiful games. If you played those games, for that style of gameplay, you don't care about any of the new Assassin's Creed games. I'm super hyped about the new one, Mirage, that's coming out because it's it's going back to the roots. I think it's gonna be based in Baghdad or something. It's not confirmed yet, um, but it looks very similar to the Altair style. And, and they said that it took a lot of inspiration from it. But if you're one of those like Assassin's Creed um, lovers back, back in the Ezio days, you hated the new games because there was nothing Assassin's Creed about them. It was like a combat game. It was fighting. Like, Valhalla, to me, is a fun game, but it's not an Assassin's Creed game. Like, I'm not assassinating anyone. I'm walking around with axes, and I'm a Viking, and I'm killing people. So um, I think once game developers and studios start straying away from what originally got them that community, what originally got them the hype that they got, um, I think that's also a, a place where you drop the ball. Because... Assassin's Creed is consciously making the decision to come back to that style because they've recognized the feedback, and and even though the games might be successful, there will always be that nostalgia, and people like us will say, oh man, I miss Ezio's storyline, but I don't really care about this new guy or this new girl or whatever, um, and so they've decided to kind of consciously come back to that decision, whether it's because their pockets were affected or not, that's a different story, but I Feel like as a web 3 game, there's no justification, no reasoning whatsoever for you to start off and say, I'm going to do one, two, three, four, five, and then halfway through decide, nah, I'm gonna skip, I'm gonna do seven, eight, and nine, but I'm not gonna do any of the above. Um, that's another area where you very easily drop the ball. All that hype, momentum, community that you built goes to waste. People realize that uh, you got the money, it changed you, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's really amplified. in in Web3 because you're so close to the community and it's not like, you know, it's behind closed doors and people don't know what's going on. It's like, we could could directly see, um, you know, what you're doing and and how you're funding it and how the community is growing or not growing and so on. So different areas, but these to me are like the three primary ones. Um, And I think if you maintain these three, if you, you know, look out for your community, if you stay true to what, you know, you believe in and how you started and um, essentially, I think that with managing funding um, and and the funds you've raised better you're you're basically already like better than ninety percent of the space.
0: I wanted to give you a huge thanks for your time today and for your incredible knowledge and experience because frankly uh, I think it was a very interesting view into how games and Web3 uh, are currently working, and I think it was kind of a glimpse into how they're going to be working in the future. So thanks a lot.
1: Nah, thanks, thanks for having me, Rami. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, I, I always love these conversations because they get you thinking, right? It's like you, it's all, it's all a matter, of per, it's all a matter of perspective, right? It's um. From the outside looking in people are like, ah, oh, what is this? It looks a bit like a Ponzi blah blah blah, blah 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 and then like even internally us looking at our projects You get so consumed by like wow this game is super cool blah blah blah, but then I always take a step back Turn my PlayStation on and play the you know the next featured game in the PlayStation Store and realize like oh We've got such a long way to go. You guys have not no idea. there yet.
0: Not there yet. Yeah,
1: not there yet at all
0: We will be we will be and I hope that Polka and Ultra will be part of that
1: 100%. Yeah, I mean, that's the goal, right? Um, we're we're right. planning to stick around for a very long time. Um, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but like we're, we're also building something re- that we're really excited about. Uh, we put out the alpha version of our website um, just to kind of test out how people are going to interact with it, but I think... Um, this winter is going to be really interesting for both of us. I think you guys are also uh, planning a lot of different launches. I'm not going to say too much, uh, but we I'm already, sure <laughs> I'm
0: already,
1: I'm already getting some some juicy early access stuff. Um, so I'm really excited about what you guys are doing as well. And yeah, I think with time it'll only get better and better. And and people like us that have been in the space for you know quite some time for good reasons right with good intentions from the get-go are going to be recognized and i think you know our community will continue to appreciate it i think new games will continue to appreciate it and i think the space in general for me it's like i don't even care if you work with us if we invest in you if we sponsor if we partner if you do well the space does well right like the reason we sponsored that first tournament without Blocks was not because we wanted to be the first and like wow it's super flashy let's put it on a website it was because I knew that that would get them the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth. And so the whole partnership was just like, hey, guys, you know, here's a head start. There you go. So um, I think, yeah, we're both we're both doing some really incredible things. And it's it's just going to be really interesting to see how everything unfolds. So super excited. And thanks again for having me, Rami. This was a lot of fun.